<laughs> what? 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 what, what, what? Live from uh, South Africa, it is the man, the myth, the legend, JD in the house. What is going on? What's happening, brother? Good to you know, be back with the fan family. What a blessing. It's sad when they say we're early at, at 8.34. Just want to throw it out there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that. Saw that. Saw that. Saw the guessing games as well. When shall they start? When will we see them? 8.36. I don't know how many times I have to say this, guys, but we like to keep y'all on your toes. We like to keep you entertained. And what better way than never knowing when it's going to begin, right? This also, when you're running late, you could have this thought in your head, like, am I actually going to miss something? Will I catch them on time? And we know that you guys are always running late because life is hard. So we're the first program to say, you know what? We're going to run late with you. There's all types of thought that goes on beyond this. It's not me just talking for, for no reason to talk right now. I'm making things up as I go. No, there's, there's reason behind all of this. But what's going on, everybody? God bless. I, I, I'm ex excited for tonight's episode. Um, and we got JD back. Like I said, we had a lot of people worried about him and praying for him. And um, all was well. We just we just missed him. And, you know, when he's on the other side of the world, for us, he's he could be asleep or we could be asleep. And it's just sometimes hard uh, to reach each other. So we got him back. Yeah. Welcome back, brother. Yeah, good to be back. Excited to be back on the Bible reading. Last week was was cool, but uh, you were missing your secret ingredient, <laughs> your JD ingredient. <laughs> okay, yes, sir. It yes, sir. Cool. No, no, it was, it was cool. though. There was moments where I had to drink water, and I'm just like on the microphone, like, "All right, guys." <laughs> JD normally talks right yeah. there, so it's. it's it's the dual. It's the dual. Uh, the dual Bible reading that 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 that's really really cool. Um, uh, but you did a good job holding it down. Thank you to everybody that's been praying. Tonight's an important episode, man. Very important episode. Identity, your identity in Christ Jesus, and and what it means to be justified by Christ. I mean, this is a this is a, this is Mike and I were talking just briefly before uh, the podcast started, and this is this is kind of if you understand your justification if you understand your identity then you won't number one be tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine you won't be deceived by every single wolf out there and you will be able to defend your faith again we always go i always come back to 1 peter 3 15 which tells us always to be ready to give an answer for the hope that is within us always being able to present also, it says in Colossians 4 that we are to make sure that our words are seasoned with grace and with salt so we know how to answer every single man. Um, and, and, and again, when you understand your justification, when you understand that you have been justified by Christ Jesus, the ability to defend your faith is no longer your ability, but the Holy Spirit who dwells within you. And mm. you are ready to give, to give answers for why you believe what you believe. So good Amen. to be back. Great episode. Great topic. Good to see you, brother. Good to see you. Good yeah, to see I'm everybody excited, in bro. chat. I have my ups and down days, and today's an up day. It's been an up. Just excited for this episode. So just to fill you guys in, 
We have been doing an episode, a series for the new listeners that might be checking in tonight for the first episode, uh, a series on the fundamentals of our faith. And when we say fundamentals, I mean, we're going Barney style here. Last week's episode or the last episode, we covered just regeneration and faith. So when the man who's walking before Christ hears the word of God and coming to faith, that moment, that was the entire episode. Just the moment of hearing and coming, not even getting there. Tonight, we're going to talk about two important things that, as J.D. mentioned, we were talking about beforehand, and it's justification and your identity, being born again. And I really think that this is the most fundamental thing in your faith. What I mean by that is these upon these two things, your entire walk will, will depend. And if these two are weak, then and, and how you view these things can affect your walk. And you'll see as we go through tonight what I mean by that. And to be very honest with you, when when we were getting ready for the show, I said to JD, you know, I think the reason why you and I are so strongly confident in our faith is these two things right here. It's these very two things that we understand. And we stand in knowing that it is true. So that's what we're going to be talking about, justification and our identity in Christ so that you can know that you are justified. Amen. You can know who you are in Christ because if you know who you are in Christ and you know that you stand justified and why, then nobody can do anything to tear you down. So, yeah. Praise Without Jesus, further ado, let's dive into the Jesus, word of God. Praise Jesus. And you know what? Amen. Let's start tonight with a prayer. Because we should do it every time, but sometimes we we forget, and and I and I'm sorry for that. But um, just real quickly, Heavenly Father, thank you so much for allowing us to do this podcast to come come together from around the world. And tonight is the most important episode that I can think of that we're doing because it's right now, and also because what it is about. Because today is a day of salvation. So, Father, I ask that you're present in this. Not because of anything J.D. or I say, even if someone doesn't even hear our words, just that they hear your word in the scripture and that somebody finds peace in you today. So I pray that all in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right. I had to say that because, like I said, this this is I'm telling you, if you ever watch an episode, this is it. So let's start with what I think is is how we're going to run into this. Romans five, because at the end of this episode, I want to come back to here and ask you. Is he talking about you or someone else? He says, therefore, <clears throat> since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Stop there. You see peace with God and that we have been justified, not being justified, not continue to be justified, not in and out of justification, but have been by yeah. faith, peace with God, true peace, no imminent danger, no fear. Because we know that fear yeah. has to do with yeah. punishment. So that's the goal. That when we end this, you're able to answer whether that's you or not. Amen. Sorry, I like the, how, right now, I'm not sure if JD wants to come in. There we go. Yeah, there, I just wanted to, yeah, I just had a slight delay. But uh Absolutely, Amen. And and this is this is one of the biggest reasons when we get when we get to, when we see those comments creep up, and this applies to every single one of those who think your salvation is up to you, and those who claim to have deconstructed from the faith. This is a mm -hmm. two-sided coin. The ones who claim that they have walked away from the faith and they have deconstructed, they were never justified. And the ones mm -hmm. that claim that you can walk away from your justification 
same applies. I I worry, I worry, and my biggest concern for people that that still believe that your salvation is is something that is dangling on a on a very thin piece of nylon that can be snapped at any point. Uh, that concerns me. It concerns me because of how they're reading the Bible. Uh, because it doesn't matter how you view justification. What do the scriptures say? What do the scriptures say about justification? And are we interpreting what the scriptures say about justification correctly? And if you are using proper hermeneutics, you will see that everywhere throughout the verses we will go through tonight, that justification is a one-off. It's not a, you've got it today, but now you've got to make sure tomorrow that you, you do your best to be justified once more. No. Uh, it's absolutely, it's absolutely imperative that you understand that justification is a one-off. Amen. And, and as we sit here looking at this, we're going to dive in the scriptures all over the place. But the first thing we have to ask is why must we be justified? What, what does this mean to be justified? So prior to being justified, we all are in debt to God. And as we read on and Paul continues to speak, he actually says here that while we were enemies, verse 10, for if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life? It then goes on to explaining Christ being the second Adam. And through Christ's action, we receive his righteousness, just like through Adam's action, we received his wickedness. And then at the end of this chapter, we see, um, actually, it's the end of chapter six, I believe. For the wages of sin is death, yeah, I think it's but the, the end free of gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. So our sins in our life have set us up with a debt to God. And we talked about this before when we talked about John 3, I think it was a couple episodes ago, right after John 3, 16, Jesus says that if you do not believe you're already condemned, because we already stand here with guilt, with debt. But in Christ, we receive this thing, this justification. And this word justification has legal meaning behind it. It's a legal word. And that's not the only place we see this, where God is taking care of our debt. If we go to Colossians chapter 2, starting at verse 13, it says, and you who were dead in your trespasses, look at the word trespasses real quick and just put crimes. You were dead in your crimes. So who else can be compared to that? A man sitting on death row. He's dead in his crimes. His crimes have convicted him. He's, he might be breathing, but he's dead. That man's dead. You go yeah. to death row, everybody in that room is dead. And then it says that although dead in that crime, right? What does it say? And the uncircumcision of your flesh, which is not being saved. We could talk about that when we get mm. to this that portion. God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our crimes by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. So Christ took your Amen. legal demand. He signed the affidavit saying, I accept punishment for these crimes. And he paid it on the cross. Amen. Amen. So, and I was so ex this, exactly oh, how. Yeah, the same analogy is, is you're on life support without Christ. So you're, everything is functioning. 
but you're on life support. You you can't speak. You can't function. You're you're just you're just essentially you're a zombie. You're dead in your sins. So dead in your crimes, dead in your trespasses, dead in your sins. Where you're at, uh, you you can't move forward. And 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 this is one of the biggest. Just a side note, quickly, that your church attendance, the amount of Bible studies you attend, being at every single meeting, all of these things are good. They're good for your edification. They're good for your exhortation. They're good for your growth. But if your salvation is hinged on your church attendance and what how often you go to church and how many Bible studies you attend and all of these making appearances, showing face. If, if you think your salvation has got anything to do with that, you're relying on yourself. You're relying on yourself. And the key ingredient to justification is coming to terms with sin. Again, we get so much flack for, for preaching repentance, but this is why we preach repentance. If you have an unrepented heart, and what I mean by unrepented heart, if you have not come to terms with the fact that you are completely dead in your sin and there is no escape from that sin in the flesh, you are not going to overpower. You are, no, you are no match for the forces of darkness, for the forces of hell. You are no match for the lusts of the flesh. If you come to terms with the fact that you are a sinner in need of a savior, this this is what justifies you knowing that I have committed these crimes. As Mike put mm. it, I have committed these crimes. I am on death row. The electric chair is imminent. And the only one who's going to stand in my place. And as I'm walking up to, to pay for these crimes, Jesus steps in and says, I got you. Mm. I'll take care of it. Amen. I've got you. And, and we can't look at Christ as our savior if we haven't come to terms with the fact that we need one. That's it. Amen. And I'm going to piggyback off that and take you to Romans 3. I was going to go to Galatians, but we'll put a hold on that. This is why in Paul's letter, he he has a, a, a method he takes in the in the letter of the Romans. And this is why it bothers me when people try to build a doctrine off like Romans 2, for example. Romans 2 has nothing to do with doctrine. And I can say that boldly and confidently. Just like Romans 3 really doesn't either. It's a setup for doctrine. You see, Romans 2 and Romans 3 is this preparation of why we need a Savior and why both Jew and Gentile is in need of justification. We have Romans 5 saying, therefore, that therefore is basically everything prior to that. Romans 4 and Romans 3 is the brings the accumulation to Romans 5 saying, therefore, since we have been justified by uh, faith, we have peace with God. Well, before that, we see this. None is righteous. No, not one. No one understands. No one seeks for God. All have turned aside. Together they have become worthless. No one does good. Not even one. Their throat is an open grave. They use their tongues to deceive. The venom of asps is under their lips. Their mouth is full of curses and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood in their paths are ruin and misery and the way of peace. They have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Now I want to point something out that you might not be aware of in 
old styles of writing, there are certain ways to convey messages in how you write it. For example, when Paul says in Galatians 1 um, that if anyone brings you a gospel contrary to what you've heard, let him be accursed, and he says it back to back, that's like you and I adding like four exclamation marks, right? Paul's repeating mm. it to make it known. Right here, we see something Paul does you don't see a lot. He doesn't just give us one line reference to the Old Testament. Paul lays out like, what is this? several lines, several pieces of the Old Testament, he is driving something home. It's not just a reference to these passages. It's like every line is important. Therefore, I'm not just going to hit you with the, the main section and then you can go look at the rest or you should know the rest. Paul's like, no one is righteous. No, not one. And he goes on and on and on and on. And then while speaking to them, goes right back to saying it one more time, saying all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God before he runs forward saying what? And are justified by his grace as a gift. And he goes on Amen. to this part right here of why we need Christ. This was to show God's righteousness because in his divine forbearance, he had passed over former sins. So the question here is about passing over the sins in the past, right? It says. It was to show his righteousness at the present time so that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. He is just because the crime is paid for. The punishment is paid. He didn't just turn a blind eye to the crime. He didn't just let the criminal into heaven. A crime was paid for, and he is the justifier Amen. because he's the one who pays the fine because he actually does the justifying. And that is what we are all in need of. We all need and seek justification and that rolls into what jd basically said to y'all jd said the man on death row recognizes he needs jesus it says for the one who does not work but believes in him who justifies the ungodly i love the fact that it doesn't just say believes in him believes in him what that he justifies me the ungodly this recognition of my ungodliness needing his justification. His faith is counted as righteousness. Amen. Amen and amen. Absolutely spot on. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Nothing to add there. You hit it, you hit it on the head, bro. Gotcha, Nothing gotcha. All right, let, let's let's go around a little bit more of scripture talking about justification now. Um, run over to Philippians 3. We see, um, we'll start at verse 9. And be found in him. Well, I don't like starting in the middle of a verse like that. So, for his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and counted them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings, mm. becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible, I may attain the resurrection from the dead. So here we see that righteousness that is not my own, that is Christ's, and Christ's righteousness is that justification in you. It is by Christ's righteousness in you that leads to your justification. Man, how how important this chapter is. I mean, so so often, so often we can go to Paul's little epistles 
you know, the Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. We can go here to see the emphasis he puts on things he's already taught. And, and for those of you who have ever done an exposition of the book of Acts, you will see from Acts chapter 9 through to 20, uh, Paul's missionary journeys as he's, as he's moving from place to place, preaching the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ Jesus and what it means to be justified by him through his blood. And, and this is, this is so, so key. Okay, so what we've just said here, when you look at justification, what does he say? So that you may be a partaker of his sufferings. So that you may be a partaker of his sufferings. So this is this is this is where a lot of Christians kind of want to throw in the towel. The the moment the storm comes, the moment things get tough, we we feel like God's not there. Like God is, you know, he's not present. We're going through this thing by ourselves. We're all alone in the middle of the ocean. He's reminding us here that these things, these things you go through are all part of what you would go through because you have crucified, because you have died with Christ. So when when we speak of the topic of, of new creatures and being born again, being regened by the Holy Spirit, one, one of the first actions that has to take place is that you have to die to yourself. So when we go to verses like where Jesus Christ tells us in Matthew and in Luke, anyone who desires to come after him needs to deny himself, pick up his cross and follow. This is essentially, again, you're not physically picking up anything. The cross that you have to bear is each and every single one of us has a cross we have to bear every single day. And how do we, and this is just a question I want to leave, leave with everyone to think about. How do you represent your justification? Do you walk as someone who is justified? Or do you walk as someone who is still a part of the world? Do you walk in that justification? Do you or walk, do you walk like as a someone who is man or an innocent man? Yeah. There we go. That's it, man. That's it. Look Praise over here Jesus, at First uh, Corinthians six. People love to look at others and say, "Do you not know that you that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God." People love that. And such were some of you, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. That's the Trinity right there, by the way. Okay, hey, 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 that's exactly it. Amen. The Spirit of Amen. exactly, yeah. Amen. <laughs> Let's just you see the try just try you, baby. Try you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> amen. amen amen we, we have been justified in christ we see when we go to hebrews 9 that christ goes beyond the 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 veil of the most holy of holies not made by human hands where he has gone to intercede on our behalf right here now to appear in the presence of god on our behalf and and i don't let me just let me just close this we could bounce around scriptures all day but just what we're looking at is this it's not about this idea of like you walk this path of life, 
And then someone holds out this thing called salvation and you grab it and you're like, cool. And then you walk with it, but you can put it down, you could drop it. That's not what we're talking about because that, that image would mean the same man who didn't have salvation is walking into the kingdom. He's not. That man is not. That woman is not. That person who met Christ is dead and left their dead. And who walks away is new in Christ. This is why when people talk about walking away from salvation, JD and I get confused because it's like it doesn't even fit in the understanding of what we're discussing in this series. It doesn't fit. You would have to have an entire different understanding of soteriology to even hold to these ideas, like uh, any of these, because all these things that we're discussing would fall apart. And to be justified is actually a part of what's the next part we're going to talk about, which is our identity in Christ, because our identity in Christ is there because we are justified, right? So we look at these in scripture and we see something happening. Some people want to read verse by verse and say, show me the verse that says you're forever justified. You never lose salvation. And those people, they want to live verse by verse, like people who live paycheck to paycheck. And one day they're going to have a bill they can't afford and they're going to break. We don't read verse to verse. We study verse upon verse, precept upon precept. But the word of God teaches us that Christ is your eternal intercessor, your eternal advocate, your eternal high priest, your eternal prophet, your eternal patriarch, your eternal everything, my king. And therefore, that justification, that identity that's in Christ, since Christ is the immovable rock, there is nothing that will ever change my identity because it's not me that you can attack. You can, you'd have to attack my identity and good, good luck with attacking mm. Christ. <laughs> good, good luck with that one. Amen. So once we get you to understand who he is and what he has promised for his saints, you start to begin to understand who you are in Christ. And this all plays a part because when you understand who you are, that you're justified and you're walking in innocence, not because of your own doing, but because of his doing, then you can walk this walk a little bit differently. You're not walking, looking at cracks. Like, let me make sure I don't step in this. Hey, is this the sin? Is this the sin? Because you're focused so much on Christ that it confuses you when people ask stupid questions. Like, do I have to get baptized? Get baptized. Like, what are, what are you discussing right now? Is that a question? Like, do you need someone to say get baptized? Like, that bothers me, JD. I don't know. I've said this a million times mm. on the show. I can't stand the question of is baptized, baptism required? Because it literally, it's this, this checklist faith. Like, all right, hey, this baptism part, I got to do that? Okay. 100%. Because there's a asterisk next to it. I wasn't sure if I was part of my credentials. That's no. It's it's about a walk with God. Yeah. So let's open up the scriptures again and keep going. Um, JD's back. There he is. We see in Galatians chapter two, it says, we ourselves are Jews by birth and not Gentile sinners. Yet we know that a person is not justified by works not. of the law, but through faith mm-hmm. in Jesus Christ. So we also have believed in Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law, because by works of the law, no one will be justified. That sorry, what? No one don't read that, JD. Like, I, no one, like, surely there'll be a few, you know, no one will be justified. Like, what surely there can just be like a few that will be justified because I mean, 
their works are so glorious and and you know they boast about them all the time surely they'll be justified this this is literally what those arguments sound like to me and mike when people come with these arguments again it's 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 ridiculous it's redundant and it, it it's 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 in vain this is why we don't do debates like when Mike says, I don't let anyone come up in my guest box. This is, this is probably one of the biggest reasons why we don't just let everyone up because, because we've got to, do, you're going to deal with these, these that have, have claimed that you have to do X, Y, and Z. And then those who argue against why you don't have to do X, Y, and Z are equally as bad. Get baptized. Why? Because you love Jesus. Not because of anything other than Jesus Christ gave a command to his, to the twelve. Go out, baptizing all in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And again, Paul puts emphasis, even when he speaks to the Corinthian church, and he says, thank God I baptized none of you. Lest any of you say that you were baptized in the name of Paul. And, and, and turn this into a something it's not. And Today we see those people, as Peter wants, who take the writings of Paul and, and, and twist them uh, to their own destruction as they do with the other scriptures. That's Peter's warning. They take Paul's writings, which are sometimes difficult to understand, and twist them to their own liking, and they deceive many. Here's the fact. Paul's message in all of his 13 epistles are constant and the same. You are justified by faith in Christ Jesus alone. And this is why we go sola fide. It has Amen. got nothing to do with Calvinism and everything to do with our justification comes through Christ alone. That's it. Bro, let's read the very next passage Absolutely. from what we just read, though. This Because we're going to roll now into our identity in Christ at the same time. But if in our endeavor to be justified in Christ, we too were found to be sinners. Is Christ then a servant of sin? Certainly not. For if I rebuild what I tore down, I prove myself to be a transgressor. Let that soak in real quick too. For those that act like people can fall away from the faith. No, no, no. If someone rebuilds what they tore down, it proves that they were the transgressor. Not that Jesus failed. It proves that they never came to him, that there was something crooked in them. Because then it says what? For the, mm. through the law, I died to the law so that I might live to God. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me, I do not nullify the grace of God. For if righteousness were through the law, then Christ died for no purpose. And this mm. is literally what we just read in Romans 3. Like, J what did JD just say? That these things go all go, go all together. There's no, uh, you know, um, different message across the things that Paul says. Look what we just read in, in here when I said, that it says that he might be the just and the just fire looking over those sins. So the people prior to Christ were still saved by Christ and he overlooked them. And this is why we see it in Galatians 2. Because none are justified by the law. Because if, 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 if people actually think that prior to Christ, somebody got justified by the law and then Christ showed up and died and it was possible 
then he died for no purpose. Yeah. It has always been about Christ all the way back to Adam. Every single human being has always been pointed to Christ. And you you will ready for what I'm going to end with and let you let you speak on this passage because I know you got some things to say about this passage. Every single person on this planet will glorify Christ with their existence. Every single one. Praise you will either glorify his existence by being in his body as those that he showed grace and mercy on and his endless love, or you will be those that he destroys to show his destruction of wrath and justice as the true king of the universe. No matter what, you will be used to glorify him. You you have no choice on that. That you have no choice in that. The question is, That'll which places before you life and death choose because he will be glorified. Go ahead, bro. Mm. Mm. So good, man. So, 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 so good. And and one of one of the things we see with this passage with this passage here. And 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 this is a again, when we come to the apologetic side of the spectrum, and you want to know, okay, how do I answer the following? This this is this is both to universalists who believe ultimately everybody is saved and the other side of the coin is the torah observers and the hebrew israelites who think you have to do x y and z and abide by the law not understanding the words of christ when he said if if you love me you will keep my commandments meaning that those who love christ will keep his commands that's that's it uh, Kenny said it uh, a couple of weeks ago in the chat. Mike and I said all the time, if you love me, you will keep my commands. Notice the, the choice of words. So those who love Christ automatically will keep the commandment to love the Lord thy God and to love your neighbors as you love yourself. This has got nothing to do with falling short. You will fall short. You absolutely will fall short because you are still in the flesh. But just to go over this again, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. So what happens? That sin nature that was once riddling you, once taking control of you, once the dominant force within you is now dead. And the life that you now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. This is something you have to quote to yourself daily. Like this is what I wanted to put emphasis on in this passage here. The life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. There's a song by an artist called Zero, and it's called Crucified. It's a beautiful song because he puts emphasis on this. The life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God. So what does that mean in layman's terms? It means that you will fall short daily. You cannot justify yourself. No matter how good you think you were today, no matter how perfect of a Christian you thought you were today, it falls flat in its face. The only reason we do not nullify the grace of God is because righteousness does not come or is not imputed to us by keeping any law. It is by Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. That he was raised to life for our justification. So there, the emphasis is every single day, I'm putting my faith on following Jesus. I'm not putting my faith on, on what I'm capable of doing or not doing. My faith is in Christ alone. My faith is, is, is in the Son of God who loved me. 
and gave himself for me. Amen. I was trying to set you That's up for it. an alley oop to what Behold. you said. <laughs> Behold, his soul is puffed up. It is not upright within him, but the righteous shall live by faith. What an alley oop. <laughs> I tried. Amen. I tried to have a little alley oop slam dunk so you could just be like, ah, tongue out on it. Let's switch to Titus really quickly. Titus 3, he says, What? If I could. Uh, here it is. He saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration. Remember, we talked about that last week. And we said that comes from what? The renewal of the Holy Spirit, who gives us life in our spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Savior so that why? Being justified by his grace, which we have access to by what? Through I mean, through what? Through faith. We might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Ladies and gentlemen, you are justified in Christ and not to be cast aside, not to be condemned because the final scripture when we really talk about justification that I will always end on is Romans 8 where it says there is therefore now no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. I, I recommend every new Christian reading Romans 8 often because the entire chapter is talking to the justified, talking to the one that has the spirit and warning you of the ones in the flesh and what the mindset on the flesh is. And there's this one spot right here that says how God does this, how God justifies you. And it says, for God has done what the law weakened by the flesh could not do. What could it not do? Paul tells us in Galatians 2, it could never do what? Justify you. Why? Because it was weakened by flesh. So the law is not bad. You're bad. Despite the law being perfect, you're not. So Christ had a plan before eternity passed that he would do what you can't do. And what is that? By sending his own son, the father sent the son, Jesus Christ, in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh in order that what? The righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the mm. flesh, but according to the spirit, J.D. just said what? The life I now live in the flesh, I live by what? By faith. We don't walk according to the flesh. Mm. We walk according to the spirit by faith. Amen. 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 And this is this is a this is a constant like this. This should be your review mirror. This should be your review. If you're going to ever look back, if you're ever looking back at, at, at the life you lived, if you're ever looking at back and you're you're tormented by mistakes you have made, the rearview mirror should be the cross of Christ. Like there it is. That's where I laid it down. That's where I put it at the feet of Jesus. That's where it is now. It's no longer something I'm carrying. I've put it down at the feet of Christ. Now the life I now live, I'm following Him. I'm watching Him. I'm walking. And, you know, and, and this is, again, I, I said it a couple of weeks ago, the, the promised land and the promise of the promised land for, if you look at Moses and, 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 and Aaron and, and, and Joshua, the, the promised land, it wasn't just a piece of, of ground. It wasn't just a piece of, this is a piece of land where we can farm and we can live and we can cultivate and we can, you know, procreate and multiply. No, this would be a land where God would dwell with these people. 
they were Amen. given specific instructions on on how they would build the tabernacle, on how they would worship God, and God would be in the midst of them. He would be there. So again, the promise of heaven means nothing to the believer. It's the promise if, if, if Jesus Christ isn't there. No one wants to go to heaven because of heaven. We're heaven because we're going to be in the presence of God, because we're going to be in the presence of Christ, because we're going to be with the one who took our place. This is the biggest distraction for, for young believers is focusing on how to overcome certain sins rather than focusing on one who's already overcome them. I'm going to say that again. Stop focusing on sin and start focusing on the one who overcame sin. Start focusing on the one who killed sin. Start focusing on the one who put an end to death, who conquered the grave, and that is Jesus Christ. Without Jesus Christ, nothing we say, nothing we do, none of this is at all for any any profit to any man mm. if you don't have faith in Jesus Christ and what he has done. Amen. So real quickly, let me just interject. I heard I see people commenting about not being able to see the I can't make the book title bigger. I could just make the words bigger. But on TikTok in my story. I posted a screenshot of or a picture of my notes that have all the verses, not all of them that we're going to, because sometimes we just bounce around. But uh, you could take a look at that if you are missing these and you're not sure where we're at. But um, I, I, amen. And, and I want to just really I think we got justification. Right. And granted, we could do hours on justification, really diving into each and every passage. And so even if you think that this series is taking things real slow, we're not right. We're, we're still kind of moving uh, uh, through it at a, at a higher speed. I want to roll into that identity as well and start really wrapping that into our justification. And, and I love how Peter kind of introduces this because we got a bunch of Paul and you get people that say Paul this and Paul that. So I love to be able to make sure it's clear that it's not just Paul, even though I don't care what people say. I know Paul's words are, are inspired by the Holy Spirit. I do like to be able to show it everywhere, all throughout scripture, because that's what we stand on. So we see Peter opening up his letter and he says, blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us. He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials so that the tested genuineness of your faith more precious than gold that perishes through its tested by fire may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And we can keep reading, but I want to go back now. I wanted to read it all, but look at all of the doctrine that Paul preaches right there in just one section. First of all, we see the Trinity. Second of all, caused us to be born again. This is something you hear us saying all the time. John chapter one says you are born again, not by uh, blood or the will of man or the will of flesh, but by God. 
John 3, we're going to get to it, where Jesus says one must be born again. Last week, we talked about that regeneration, which comes right before you, you, I mean, well, it comes, we had a discussion of, does it come before? Does it come after? Regardless though, um, the regeneration happens and you are born again in Christ, right? You have a new identity in Christ and it's him that does all this. And it's an inheritance that we receive and we are being guarded. Notice it switches to who, not what. It says, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation. So we're being guarded through faith for a salvation. Amen. Like, it's, Amen. it's in here that your identity is in Christ, that you are secure in Christ, that you have a, a, a imperishable gift awaiting you. Amen. Man, that's good. <laughs> I mean, and every time we come back, every time we can loop around, we can come back, we can drive down the road, we're going to come down to the same conclusion, going to lead us down to the same conclusion. By faith. By faith. Who gives that faith? God. So he who began a good work in you, what does Philippians 1.6 say? He who began a good work in you, he will bring it to completion. So God gives every man a measure of faith. Our faith is strengthened by the Holy Spirit who dwells within us. He sustains our faith. He gives us our faith. He perfects our faith, as the author of Hebrews says. He is the author and the perfecter of our faith. And we are saved by the very faith that God has given us in his son. We are saved and justified by that faith. Praise Jesus. Look what Peter goes on to say later in the chapter. In the same chapter, he says, since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and abiding word of God. You could be, you're born once and then you die. But if you're born again into eternity, there is no death. If you're born again into something that has no corruption, there is no destruction, I guess. I didn't mean for that to rhyme. It sounded so cheesy. But my point is, this right here is the identity that we have in Christ. You are no longer the old man. You are no longer who you were when you lived in the world, but rather a born again, new creation in Christ. As we see in 1 Corinthians 5, if we go over here, we see the exact same thing happening. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation, not he is going to become. If someone tries to say, oh, well, that happens, you know, when you die and then he raises you up in a new body. No, because that body isn't what it is. It's the spirit. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, if anyone is in Christ, a present statement, he's not talking about will be, has been, is in Christ. He is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Not the new is coming. Not the new will be here in the end, but he, it has come. Let's go back to the first Peter where we were just at. Being born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and abiding word of God. For, and then he goes on to quote, um, what is this, Psalm? Oh, Isaiah 40. Isaiah 40, verse 6. 
We see a voice says cry. And I said, what shall I cry? All flesh is grass and all is like all is beauty. It's like the flower of the field. And then verse eight, the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Um, James also mentions this because he talks about um, for the sun rises with its scorching heat and withers the grass, its flower falls and its beauty perishes. So also will the rich man fade away in the midst of his pursuits. And this goes hand in hand with Jesus says in Matthew 13, when he talks about the parable of the sower and he talks about the one seed that hears the word and sprouts up immediately and rejoices. But then it says when the sun comes out, it scorches and withers away, right? This person that hears the word of God gets excited, jumps up, goes to church, joins the Bible study group. They're just ready for everything. And then they slowly fade away because why? Because what they were pursuing was not really Christ. The how it all goes. We got Peter, James, and Isaiah all in this moment. Let me jump over to uh, James. We'll jump around a little bit here. For the sun rises with its scorching heat and withers the grass. Man, hold on. I need to put this up next to each other because I love how you can see this parallel here. Matthew 13. Here it is. Immediately they sprang up since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched. And since they had no root, they withered away. That's Jesus's words from the parable of the sower. Now jump back again to James 1. For the sun rises with its scorching heat and withers the grass, its flowers falls and its beauty perishes. So also will the rich man fade away in the midst of his pursuits. Again, we're going to go back to what Peter was quoting, which is Isaiah. All flesh is like grass, and it's all its glory like the flower of the grass. The grass withers and the flower falls, but the word of the Lord remains forever. It's the same message all throughout Scripture. And when you begin to see it, you begin to see it. Is that the implanting of the word of God is what saves you. The word in your heart is what changes you. Not you, not anything you do. It is the seed of God. Even though it doesn't actually draw the, the, it doesn't bring you there. It just says James 10, I mean, 110 and 111. Actually, if you go over to James 1 and you scroll down a little bit more, it says, therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. The implanted word. And he says this right before he says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves, convincing yourself like, yeah, I've heard the word and I believe it, but it never implanted because it never sprouted a change in your life. So you're not a doer of the word. You're a hearer of the word. You go to church, you get, you feel good about what you hear. You listen to your favorite TikTok guy like Mike and JD, and you live vicariously your Christianity through them feeling like, yeah, I got my entertainment, but in Christ, you're not really walking in Christ. You're not really caring about things. You, you don't care about loving people. You don't care about change. You don't want to change. Like I, I, I know that people don't want to talk about this because then they're like, oh, this is going to cause someone to doubt and question their faith. But at the end of the day, we got to be adults about it sometimes and ask ourselves, are we pursuing Christ? Or are we pursuing comfort? Because I'm going to tell you this right now. That's two different directions. You won't find comfort on the street of Christ. And you won't find Christ on the street of comfort. 
The street of Christ gets you to comfort. The street of comfort gets you to damnation. A lot of people want that street of comfort. Just like we I mean, this is our generation. People would rather spend all their money on vacations at 21 and live like they're retired now. And guess what? When retirement comes, I can't wait to see my generation at retirement period. It's going to be hilarious when my generation hits retirement age. Man, when we got 45 and 60 year olds working at McDonald's, which we already have now, but like take having to take these certain jobs and because a lot of people want to, they want to, have instant gratification and it rolls into Christianity. It feels good to watch your favorite Christian TikTok or your favorite YouTube or your whatever, or you go to church, but are you pursuing the end goal of Christ or are you seeking instant gratification and Christ is your anxiety pill? That's the question a lot of American Christians probably need to ask because Christ is pitched as an anxiety medication. Just you and my, you and your Jesus and your cup of coffee. Is that what Jesus is to you? Again, I'm sorry if that convicts you. I love you with all my heart and soul. <laughs> Don't get angry at me. But is Jesus your anxiety yeah. pill or is he your savior? Is he my coping mechanism to get through a day or is he to get me through my eternity? Am I? Did I come to Christ so that I have a king after I die or is he my king today? Because some people probably... I'm just be honest. There's got to be a group of Christians out there that most likely sit there and Jesus is their get out of jail free card. They're a Christian 100% as a tactic, as if God doesn't know the heart of man, as if man can ever catch God in a loophole and be like, ha ha, I got to live my life and get into heaven. Mm -mm. Right. This is why we just read Peter saying, what is Pe we just read Peter talk about what testing your faith, which we know Paul says as well. Paul says to test your faith. What does Peter we just read say? So that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. First Corinthians three, that fire is going to come. And those that have the foundation of Christ and build upon it with gold, they're not going to feel no loss. And there's going to be some that, Thought yeah. they had the foundation of Christ, but they didn't have a foundation of Christ. And if you're sitting here Amen. in in fear, let me just say this right now. That fear is a good thing because that means you care enough about the Lord Jesus Christ that you're worried about possibly not following him. That's a good sign. The people we're talking about wouldn't be sitting here saying, am I following him for the right reason? Now, it doesn't mean you're good now. Your test is passed and good to go. Don't worry about testing your faith. But my point is, let me give you some comfort with the pain I just brought you, that that's a good sign because your flesh doesn't love God. Your flesh doesn't want God. As we just read in Romans 8, your flesh is literally opposed to God. So if there's something in you that doesn't want to disappoint God, that wants to please God, then that's a good sign because it ain't you that does that. Amen. Amen. Romans, Romans chapter 8, verses 12 through 14, man. Romans gotcha, chapter brother. 8, verses 12, 12 through 14. This is when people say to me, like, what, what, what next? What next? Now, now this, now this, now that. What next? How do I move past this? Romans chapter 8 from verse 12. So then, brothers, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the spirit of God are sons of God. What? All 
who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. We put to death the flesh. Notice every single time when it comes to regeneration, when it comes to being reborn, when it comes to being a new creature in Christ, something old has to die. This mm. is the problem. And in a nutshell, just listening to what Mike is saying, this is the problem with modern day America. I want mm. Jesus, but I still want flesh. Like I want, I want a little bit of both. Like on a Sunday, I want a whole lot of Jesus and a whole lot of coffee. But Monday to Friday, I want to do what I want to do. I want to be the captain of my ship. I want to steer this ship. Guess what? You're going to steer it into the next iceberg and you're going to be no better off than Leo and, and Rose on the Titanic because you are living after the flesh. You're, you're chasing the same. Sorry, Jack and Rose. <laughs> Leo and Rose. But the oh, point yeah. stands. If, if, you yes. wanna, if you want to be the captain of your ship, guess what? You will not be walking according to the Spirit. You will not be led by the Spirit, and you will not put to death. You will not mortify the flesh. You will not put to death the flesh. This is, this is the, biggest, the biggest point of sanctification, is, is if you're going to allow yourself to be molded, if he's going to be the potter and you're going to be the clay, then you can't be the potter at certain points during the day, at certain points during the month, at certain points during the week, you cannot be the potter and the clay. You're one or the other. And, and this, is, this is, we see uh, the same pattern with certain people on TikTok. There's, there's, a, there's a reoccurring pattern there. You can leave the app for a year and come back and you'll find them having the same argument over baptismal regeneration. They've moved nowhere. And in the, in the entire, in the last two years, we've been, we've been doing this or podcast or it's, it's just, it's ridiculous when you go back and you see some people have still got the same banners up and they're still having the same arguments with the same people. Like at what point do you grow up? At what point are you going to allow Jesus Christ to be the captain of your ship? At what point do you surrender it all to Christ and grow? Because, because the point of, of ministry is, is not for us to stay on milk. The point of ministry, the point Mark and I work, work hard, and I don't mean it in, in another, someone's going to snip that, but we work hard at keeping each other accountable. We work hard at, at constantly checking up on one another. Like this is, this is where we need to grow. Identify the points in your life where you need growth. And these are the focus points. These are the areas that you need to mortify. And, and, and I can tell you right now, if, if, you're, if you're going to allow this pattern of repetition in your life where you keep falling into the same things again and again and again, you need to check who you are spending your time with, who you are confiding in. Where is your faith placed? Because if, if we keep falling into the same patterns and we are not growing, we have to look inwardly and we have to go, am I putting my faith and my trust in Christ or have mm -hmm. I slipped back into the same pattern where I start putting faith in myself, 
where I start putting faith in my own righteousness, where I start putting faith in people, where I start putting faith in a building, where I start putting faith in, in a study or a group or a click or a clack. Have I done this? And, and, and I'm saying this because the, the, the conviction on this, on this specific topic has been real within my own life. If I'm not preaching to anyone else, I preach to myself. You, you, if you're going to fall into the same ways of thinking and, and you've got to reflect and go hold up the mirror and say, is this something I used to do? Is this something I continue mm -hmm. to do? Because if it is, where is your faith? Where is your faith? Am I being led by the spirit of God? And if I'm being led by the spirit of God, I am called a son of God. I am called a son of God. This is why he repeats this in Colossians and in, and in Ephesians. You are no longer just people. You're fellow heirs with Christ Jesus. Your identity is hidden in heavenly places. Who you are in the flesh is not who you are in the sight of God. If you're going to continue listening to the enemy where he says who you are and what you are, and he defines you based on things you do or don't do. You have taken your eyes off of Jesus Christ. And I'm saying that with love. You have taken your eyes off of Christ. And because you have taken your eyes off of Christ, you are nothing better. You're no better than Peter. You're starting to sink. You're starting to sink. You've gotten out the boat. You're on the water, but you're starting to sink. And the only reason mm -hmm. you're sinking is because you have taken your eyes off of Jesus. Oh, man. That's I'm going to be honest with you. It felt like for a minute because I looked up at JD and our eyes connected and I imagined what it would be like to have that conversation. And that was that hurt me just imagining hearing those words. I would be hurt if I had JD give me that conversation. I hope not to <laughs> like for a moment. It all disappeared and JD's reprimanding me. That's what was happening in my head. I wanted to. Um, yeah, there's no horn because I was over here thinking I was hurt. I don't know. I was I was I was in pain. Uh, there was a deepness in my pain. Uh, 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 yeah. So I saw I saw someone asking uh, a question about how we test our faith. So before I even continue what you're saying, I wanted to kind of touch on that because I plan on ending with a strong kind of portion about this. But at the same time, someone asked it and to test your faith is to deny your flesh, because what what you have two things walking, the spirit and the flesh. And how do you test that the spirit is there by not letting the flesh win? Because if the flesh isn't winning, something's winning. And if the spirit's not there, then the flesh is always winning no matter what. That denial of flesh that, listen, people, I don't know when this happened. What Like for me to even say suffering is a good thing in Christianity, people try and act like that's so back in the day. No, suffering is good. Putting yourself in positions where it hurts, right? And, and I don't mean that. I don't mean just physically. I mean, it hurts something. I don't have time to listen. Serving God in all the things that you are comfortable with is not sacrifice. Giving God what you're good at is not sacrifice. Giving God the time you had is not sacrifice. I'm just, I love you guys. And this is a conviction on myself. Sacrifice intends losing something or not gaining something. Sacrifice isn't singing at church if I'm a great singer and I love music. Do that, use your gift, but that's not sacrifice. You love singing. Sacrifice is 
I'm going to go give my time in this situation when I don't want to. My back hurts. I'm tired. I want to give more time to myself, but I'm going to go give time to this person to love them and to share with them. And when you do these things, when you sacrifice and you're able to push through that by the, listen, I've never met anybody who serves the kingdom and, and, and that doesn't say that, that, let me say not new, right? No, I'm not talking about if you just, just started, but the old heads that been serving the kingdom, every single one of them will tell you that God got me through it. They're not saying, I think God got me through it. They're not saying, mm, I think mm, God mm. was present. When I meet people who have been Amen. doing it, there's no, no, I was with God. People, someone asked me earlier, JD, in a comment saying, have you ever experienced the presence of God? And I was about to respond naturally. And I was worried that people would misunderstand it. But my answer naturally was, Every day, every day, because the presence of God is in moments where you get to love people. And I've been blessed with the ability to love people every day. I love it. It's the greatest feeling in the world. But it, it matters if, like you mentioned, the growth. And now I can kind of roll into this part that I was thinking recently as I was writing. Um, you know, I've been doing a lot of writing lately, but I, I don't want to just sprinkle out wisdom and people get a small coating of it. I want to compact it into like a snowball so I can push it down a hill and I don't have to do anything anymore. And they're gone. They're now rolling and they're gaining, right? The goal of ministry is that you guys aren't here forever. No offense. I love you all. This isn't supposed to be an insult, but if you're still here under the same capacity in two years, then I have failed or JD has failed. Cause if our goal is to grow you, and this is where you're at in growth. And you're still here a year from now. It doesn't matter if we're all in here. LOL, smiley face emoji, we're failing. The goal should be that if you're still with this ministry in five years, it's not watching anymore. Now you're participating. You're somehow involved with yeah. it or you're off in your own ministry. Ministry shouldn't yeah. be shouldn't be building followers. It should be building participants where they then funnel through. Ministry is a funnel and you either end up in that ministry or you end up off to your ministry. That's what this should all be about, about growing. And man, I'll tell you right now, a little side note to this, JD, just you and me talking. I relate more to understanding a lot of things Paul said in this role, because when you're not cut, when you when you don't have people coming to you and asking you these questions all the time and depending on you, it's not the same walk. So when I see Paul saying, I hope that I didn't run in vain. Someone will see that and say, see, you can lose your salvation. I'm sitting there like, no, Paul is really worried about the people he's given so much time to and hoping that they stay true. Yeah. And I get, and I get yeah. it. I hope that I didn't labor in vain. Every single time I have to yeah. make a decision on who I'm going to give my time to sitting there saying, I hope that I'm giving you the right help. And I'm hope that I'm doing this. And there's Paul is he's, he's, he's constantly focusing on growing people for the forward movement, not just for them to sit still and be like, yay. Yeah, Paul. Like, like for real, that JD mentioned it earlier. Like, did Paul baptize you? Did Cephas? Paul's yeah. not worried about himself. Peter's not worried about himself. Peter literally said, crucify me upside down. I don't want, I don't even want to be killed by like, like my savior. Right. The goal should be to keep pointing people forward, keep directing people towards growth. And that's the goal here. And that should be your goal uh, in learning what's going on. And this is all about, it all starts in knowing who you are in Christ, right? Full circle back. It all starts here because if you don't know who you are in Christ, then you don't know what needs to come on, on top of that. You don't know what needs to be added yeah. to that. You don't know how to grow in that. Man. So, and you know, just, just on the back of that, like just me and you talking is 
is the days, the days that I fail or the, the days that I, that I slip into a mindset of, of feeling sorry for myself um, are the days where I didn't start off with Jesus, I need you. Like I need you today. Like, and, and, and when you get to the end of the day and you, you're putting your head down on the pillow and you reflect on the day. Like, I don't know how many people do this, but like, I know you do it. I know I do it, but you reflect on the day and you're just talking to God because you, and you failed. You think how much of today did I dedicate to Christ? How much of today was he at the forefront of everything I did? How much of today was, yeah. And, 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 and this is, this is where we, we, we fall back and we, we go, man, like if it wasn't for Christ, if it wasn't for his grace, if it wasn't for his mercy and and, and this is this is why I say people true humility, true humility is found in the true believer because you you kind of got your hand out of the water all all day and and you're you're knowing that Jesus Christ is the one who's going to take your hand and pull you out of that water. There's not a single one of us who can save someone that's in the middle of the ocean. No one can swim out there. No one can save you. And this is the reality. We're, we're at a, we're in the middle of the ocean and the only one who is capable of pulling us up is Christ himself. Mm. And when you realize that you are not capable of pulling yourself out of this, whatever it is, a simple, a simple Jesus I need you every single day is the the reminder that Jesus Christ, I need you. I can't do this without my Lord and savior. I can't walk this. I can't be the father I'm designed to be without Jesus. I can't be the husband I'm designed to be without Jesus. Mm -hmm. I can't be the brother in Christ. I'm designed to be without Jesus. And and with that being said, I love you, Selena. I saw your comments, and and you you you'll always be my little sister in Christ, and I miss you all. And and I've gone through a very weird season, and I'm I'm grateful for everybody that's that's been praying for me, that's been uh, constantly checking up on me. Um, and I'm gonna say this like live right now. Mike has been an absolute rock of a brother over the last month because we've been going through some. We've been going through it, me and my family. It's it's been a the devil's been busy trying to break what what Christ has built up, but he's failed. He's failed, and 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 I laugh at I laugh at the enemy now. And and this is why Mark said at the beginning, our faith is not moved because of circumstance. Our faith is not altered because of situations and circumstances, because of people come, people go. You will have people in your life for a season. And, and, and they will teach you a lesson. Believe that. They will teach you a lesson if your eyes are focused on Christ. If your eyes are focused on Christ, you will take the lesson from that. And, and this is how we are able to teach other people. I can't speak on, on, on violence because 
I uh, know something about. No, I was a violent man. I was a violent mm -hmm. man. I was a hateful, bitter, violent man. I listened to crust music. I listened to music that only spoke hate. And I, I absorbed it. I fed my soul with bitterness, anger, and hate. And I projected that bitterness, anger, and hate into every single life I came across. And when I came to Christ, the hardest thing I had to do was go back to the same people and say, I misled you. I misled you. That guy you looked up to, that guy was a fake. That guy was a fraud. That guy was a part of the enemy's plan. But now we're on the side of Christ. Now we're on the right side of heaven. And now I'm telling you the truth. And you can mm. hate me for the truth. But I will not have you love me for a lie. So again, Amen. we'll die on this wall. Hate us for the truth. Absolutely hate us for the truth. But we will Amen. never cradle you with the lie. Amen. No, I, I agree. Lost. Yeah. Amen. That's I agree it. absolutely that that there's that's, that's the it. reason why no matter what my faith won't rock and, and it's not I'm not boasting in that but it's the fact that like JD said we know that at the end of the day there could be a war happening outside of this room right now blood death everything but guess what right now if one of you come to the Lord then everything outside this room means nothing even though my imminent demise could be outside this door and it's not because of me or me being special it's because that's what the Lord, I, I just, no matter what, that's what matters to me is about serving him and dying. Like, let me tell you right now, there's two things in my life that are, that are inevitable. Preach the gospel and death. They will both happen no matter what. Um, And that is why we're able to keep focus on things. And no matter what people yeah. say, because here's the thing, somebody can sit here and say, JD and Mike are liars. Even if that was true. Okay, whatever. Jesus is king. Mike and JD are stupid. All right, cool, but Jesus is king. When you stand on the identity of Christ, then nothing you say, you basically are walking around inside this body of flesh, but you're, 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 I don't even know how to really word it in a way that to explain it, but you're in it. You're in this body, but this isn't me. This is the old man. You see the old man. I'm still carrying his flesh, but the spirit in me belongs to Christ. I have given myself to him. I, he, he bought me for a price, as the scripture says. He owns me. This is, again, why JD and I hear people say things like, I could still walk away. And it's like, you and I don't believe the same thing. Because I didn't walk to him. He bought man. me on a cross before I drew man. breath. I wasn't mine from the moment I was born. My decision Preach. was already made. Preach. And, and people want to get upset about that. Like, all right, I'm not going to get mad at God for God being God. And, and so we have to say, but here, I'm going to be honest with you. From what we've been talking about tonight, here's the big problem. I'm going to share Preach. with you a big problem that a lot of us experience. Absolutely. And JD doesn't get to experience this. JD is blessed in so many ways in, in the things that he needs prayers for. And here's what I'm going to tell you. J.D. has a reason to trust God because he's not living in a country that has entitled him to believe he deserves electricity and he deserves food and he deserves comfort. So tomorrow he's not saying I will wake up with lights. I will wake up with food whenever I want. I will wake up with safety. You see, you and I would have the if someone hit our door tonight, who 
the heck? Who thinks they have the audacity to touch my door? My entitlement. Because I, I live in a country where I can provide everything with ease to myself. So why would I trust God? I can say I trust God, but listen, mm. if I met my son one day, let's say I let's say I had a son at birth that I never met, and then I run across him when he's 25 and he's a multimillionaire, and I tell him, like, I just want to build trust with you. I want you to trust me. And he says, yeah, no, I, I trust you, Pops, but he's living his life. He has nothing to rely on me for. How do I ever know he trusts me until a moment comes up where he has to put that trust in me? That's why a lot of Christians can walk mm. around saying they trust God because they have everything they need. What would they ever have to trust him for? For The only thing they trust him for is that he'll save them when they die. They ain't going to find out if that's real or not till they die. But you know what JD doesn't have to worry about? He's had moments where he's known, <laughs> if I eat tomorrow, that's because of you, Lord. People in these countries that we look at saying, I feel sorry for them, I'm jealous of them because I live in this world, in this country where my eyes have been open and I get worried. Like, man, I'm way too comfortable. I'm way too comfortable. This is unfair. Like I I'm at a church event and we're all eating while discussing how we're going to do our mission funds. And there are people that aren't eating right now. There are children in sex slavery right now. There are children in rooms crying, scared what's going to happen to them right now. There are Christians scared to say the name Jesus right now. There are G Christians scared to wear their cross outside right now. My brother, the, the, the young man I met in Egypt emailed me in secret saying, I have to email you in secret because my father said I can't talk to you anymore. Like there are real life problems right now. And yet I'm in America able to go say, you know, I want Burger King right now. And I can go get it. I can give all you, you guys think that this changes. Like if I could just do as much as you, Mike, you all would probably say I do more than you. And every day I feel like I didn't do enough. That will never come up short. That will never stop. Thank God. I know it's not about what I do. Thank God. I know. It is not about me because, man, every day I come up short and I feel like I don't do enough. And that's the thing. We don't. It's only by his grace. Yeah. And if you want to test your faith, you got to deny yourself. No matter what these new age Christians say, you have to hurt yourself a little bit. And not in a way that you think of in negativity because the hurting yourself is the old self. I'm going to cut this out of my life. I'm going to stop yeah. participating in that. I'm going to stop giving that time to this. You know what? I don't read the Bible enough, but I made sure to watch every new season of The Good Wife or something or Veep or something. So maybe this year, this season, I'm not going to watch every episode and I'm going to take that night every night for 30 minutes to read the Bible rather than 30 minutes watching my favorite show. I'm going to deny something in myself. And for some reason, the fact that me saying this is extreme is why Christianity is suffering right now, because Christians in America have to be told to deny themselves for Christ and yet have the audacity to think like, man, I don't know, man. It just. I have to calm down, J.D. This is a this is a touchy one for me because it's, it's we live so in a true, day and age where we have everything in our country. Why would I trust in him? I, I could say it, but when's the last time my stomach growled and I said, God, God, it's just me and you right now. I don't know. When's the last time I was scared my village might be raided? When was the last time I feared like I don't even know if I'm going to have enough to stay warm tomorrow? And, and even our homeless in this country have it better than some other worlds. And our homeless have it pretty crappy. And that's the point that. If you don't want to be comfortable in your salvation, I mean, if you want to be comfortable in your salvation, make yourself uncomfortable in your life because the road to, to salvation is not a road of comfort. It's not. Yeah. I'll get off my soapbox yeah. now, JD. Amen. 
I mean, and, and it's I'll I'll actually just tell them the story. I told Mike the story the other day, and 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 it's so it's so the God uses. You know, when when we pray, and I always say to people like, this is the most difficult prayer you could pray. Is is God make me humble? God keep me humble. Uh, give me humility. And the other day I was at uh, yeah I stopped at a shop that I don't normally stop at, and um, this kid came to my window, and uh, he he had a blind eye and um he looked worse for wear and i was on the phone with my wife at the time so i just kind of dismissed him i said i'm just on the phone i'll be with you in a minute and anyway i, I told my wife look there's someone here at the window just off the phone quickly um I'll, I'll call you back i got out the car and we were at this shopping mall because i'm going in to go get some you know fruit and nappies for my son and uh, there's he's he's got no eye and he's pushing his mom who's in a wheelchair, and uh, she <laughs> she uh, they wouldn't allow them in. They wouldn't allow them into the mall because they were dirty. They were dirty. They wouldn't allow them into the mall. And um, I, I I I looked at the, the the security guards. I'm like, why can't they go in? They're like, no, because they're begging for food. They're not allowed to beg here for food. And I was like, but they're hungry. They're hungry. They're hungry. We're what I said, this is the problem with our country. They're hungry. That's all. And um, I'm not going to tell you how much money I gave them. I gave them a, 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 a good handful of money. And and they were both um, hanging on my shoulders. I, I made down to to pray with them and they were crying. They were crying profusely because of, of, of what the Lord had provided for them on this day. Um, and I gave them everything they needed to go get and then they told me that they've got two small kids at home as well that needed that hadn't eaten for three days three kids that hadn't eaten for three days and i was weeping and they were weeping and and walking away from that this is one incident of 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 many many incidents daily that that i have to witness um and being able to look up and say, thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for helping us today. Thank you for helping us help them. All glory goes to God. None of the credit, none of the credit comes to this ministry. And although helping those people would not have been possible if it was not for this ministry. So, so again, you, we get. We I'm going to mute JD because he's too humble to say what he needs to say. Because he also won't tell you this much because he is evidence that the Holy Spirit moved. Because what he did wasn't JD. JD's not a good enough guy to do that. I'm going to say that because I love him and he knows that. JD himself is not that kind of guy. Because at that same time, what he won't admit to is his financial situation was not the greatest. So not only did he take a moment to help, but he took a moment to help when there was no guarantee of him having anything afterwards. And it just so happened that that was the day that we I, I did something. But he didn't know that. He didn't give that saying, I'm going to give this because Mike got my back. No. He said, you know what? I'm here. God will provide. And I'm I'm going to give. And it just so happened that that's a day that, hey, I got you too. And I want to be there. But that was all. Where's he at? This side. That's all him. That he's not going to sit here and say because that would be a boast in himself. I gave my last dollars. He's not going to say that. But I'll tell you that because I'll boast in him. Because I'm not boasting in this in the flesh suit over there, the the pretty handsome flesh suit, but it's a sinful one. I'm boasting in the spirit that walks in him. So I had to mute you, JD, because you're not gonna you're not gonna <laughs> tell them that part. But that adds even more 
And he yeah, didn't I even tell you about another part. He didn't tell you about how he also had a moment yeah. to witness to the security guards afterwards. Because he's not going to boast in his yeah. actions. Yeah. He was trying to give you a moment, a little lesson to keep your eyes up, left out all this stuff about the greatness that JD did. Because JD does not worry about y'all knowing about JD. Yeah. And I think that was that was the best part of that day is is they that they, they let they let them go in and go buy food. And I said, please, can they just go in and go buy some food? They've got some money. And they were like, yeah, it's fine. And while they were in the, you know, buying their food and I was able to witness to to the security guards and 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 see the conviction um, and see the acknowledgement take place where they realized that they've they've allowed a, a, a job title. They've allowed a job title to to take charge or, or lead their life rather than the one who created all things. So again, it's 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 whether it's the janitor or the CEO, they do they deserve the same level of respect and love. They deserve the Amen. same level of respect and love because of what Christ has done in you. That's that's mm -hmm. the bottom line. And with that story, see, the Holy Spirit was in charge tonight because we literally have five minutes left. And we're going to end this in an epically perfect way because JD set this up with that story. Because, again, the point of this episode was that we're going to focus in on two things, your justification and your identity in Christ. And JD demonstrated something. We, he demonstrated what the scriptures proclaim. And we're going to hit a couple that you we can see that just happened in him. In Ezekiel 36, talking about the future covenant, I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. That new man, that regist that, that, that redeemed, that regenerated new heart and that new spirit. He removes that heart of stone, that wicked heart of flesh and gives you, I mean, that, that wicked heart of stone and gives you a heart of flesh. And then it says, I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. JD isn't just walking because JD's this great, amazing man. JD's walking and the Lord is causing him to move and causing him to do these things. And we read in, let's see if I can bring it up properly. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I should have had it. Uh, it's right here. Come on, come on. See, I thought I would have it uh, uh, back to back, and now I feel I feel played. Is it First Corinthians? I wanted to point to <laughs> what is it? Is it Second Corinthians? Here it goes. So it should be right, not there, right there. Therefore, we are ambassadors of Christ, God making His appeal through us. See, it made sense when I got there. It is Christ in you making His appeal through you. So why? We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. So through us, we're trying to reconcile people to God and Christ acting through us. And it says, for our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So our identity was sin, but Christ came as God and took on our identity so we can take on his identity. So he wore our sinful identity. We wear now his righteous identity. And then we roll right from there. To Romans chapter five, because I told you we're going to end where we began, didn't I? Because now, now that we've talked about how no matter what, you're going to come up short. No matter what, you're not good enough. No matter what, your sins are too much. No matter what, no matter what, no matter what. And then we talked about his justification, his justification. So now with all that being said, therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord 
Jesus Christ. The word propitiation means to appease the anger of a wrathful God. Jesus was our propitiation. It says here that while we were still enemies, Christ died for us. We are no longer an enemy of God. We are no longer awaiting our doom. That word peace that Paul uses here is the same word that you would have translated shalom into for Greek. Shalom meaning that perfect peace, not an imminent danger. Not one day there could be danger. If I'm on death row, I can have the most peaceful day ever, but I am not at peace. Because no matter what, even on my greatest meal, death row is what is my 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 identity, and I'm going to that seat. Amen. You cannot have peace. I'll ask you all right now, if you were all sitting on death row, even if it was 100 years from now, you would have a full life. Knowing you're on death row and that you will be executed, can you ever have peace? No. So if a man say that he believe he works for his salvation or he can lose his salvation, he cannot be the man of Romans 5. He cannot be this. So I ask you today after today's episode, are you who Paul is talking about? Since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we have also Amen. obtained access by faith into grace in which we stand and we rejoiced in hope of the glory of God. And this is the part that I was saying about the testing your faith. Not only, but we, uh, sorry, not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that sufferings produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Goes back Amen. to, I will give you my spirit. And using JD's story, I'll show you this, this all in practical application. JD has been through sufferings and his suffering produced endurance and his endurance produces character. So when he comes past somebody while he's suffering and they're suffering, his character pours out even more because he has hope that no matter how much he gives today, that the Lord will give all to him in the coming of Jesus Christ. So we don't need to have it today. So we'll give it to others. Amen. And that is what we see right here in Romans five. And it is made evident in the man of God, like JD, as he shows the evidence of what that endurance looks like. With that, Amen. I just we thank you guys the, for being here. Go ahead, JD. Amen. And I just want to, I just want to ask Mal to put this in the chat or Kiera. I don't know if you're there, but faith, faith is 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 broken down like this: forsaking all, I trust Him. Forsaking all, I trust Him. That's that's Amen. faith, and 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 we we have to. We have to, as Amen. a believer, that is that is the the root, the root, forsaking all. I trust Him. And uh, with that being said, thank you all for being here. Please remember to like and share and subscribe. Um, I'm not sure Mike will probably be on TikTok for a bit after this, but uh, grace and peace to you all. I will be back this week for the Bible reading. Praise Jesus for that. Um, and it's it's good to it's good to see you all again. And uh, to all of those who are um, who are not saved, there's 120 people in the chat right now. If this is your first time here, um, I appeal. I appeal to what you already know. I appeal to your sin nature, to the person you think is in charge, and I appeal to you to leave it all at the cross. I appeal to you today to believe 
the gospel. Second Corinthians chapter six, verse two tells us that today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of salvation. Don't wait for another opportunity. Don't tell yourself you will get this right in your own steam. Don't tell yourself you can come to God on your deathbed because that is not something that is up to you to decide. If you are in this chat right now and you are unsaved, believe our Christ Jesus died for your sins, according to the scriptures, that he was buried and then he rose to life on the third day, according to the scriptures, as we see in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Jesus Christ is our life. The life we now live, we live for Christ. I love you all. God bless you all. My brother, I love you the most. And um, looking forward to Wednesday. We will see you guys in uh, a few short hours again for another episode. Praise Jesus. God bless you all. Amen. Grace and peace. God bless. And and with that, I'm going to go ahead and close off myself as JD heads out and just let you guys know if you're new here, we do have a Discord server. Links are in the bio. It is a community. It is a family. It is a fellowship. And um, I can't really follow up anything JD said other than put your trust in Jesus. I know it sounds hard sometimes and the gospel is hard, but at the same time, it's simple because it requires nothing of you, but it takes everything of you. Uh, the problem is sometimes we don't want to let go of the things it's trying to take from us and we make it hard. Let go. Come to God with the open hand of faith, holding on to nothing else and um, let him handle the tough parts. God bless you guys. We appreciate your prayers, your concerns, and, and every one of you that puts your heart into this ministry. And as always, go in peace.